Yo, today's QOD is the quality of your service plus the quantity of your service plus the mental attitude in which it is rendered always equals compensation. Here we go. Quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxon of SeanCroxon.com. We got Dr. Dennis Kimbrough on the show today. And his talk today reminds me of something I learned way back in 2008. I was listening to Dr. John Demartini, and he said something. He said, the amount of money you have will always be in direct proportion to the quality and the quantity of the service you provide. And that really hit me. You know, that was a real light bulb moment for me because I didn't have much money at the time. And it was like, oh, if you want to be well compensated, you have to provide a service really, really well or a darn good product. And you have to serve a lot of people. And that just it blew my mind because it, it, it was so simple. Right. But it literally changed my whole entire life. And so Dr. Kimbrough is going to talk about that. He's also going to share the story of a woman who, despite the fact that she was of very little means, became a highly unlikely philanthropist. Dr. Kimbrough's coming up. So let me wrap this bad boy up. Time is not running out, but your life is. Sooner or later, you got to cut on Shark Tank and you got to ask the entrepreneurial question. What is the entrepreneurial question? Uh, what am I going to do with the rest of the time that I have left? What are you going to do? Well, hopefully, this case study will go ahead and clarify that for you. Who are you looking at? You're looking at Osceola McCarty. Now, to go ahead and blow the dust off of this, Osceola McCarty was a little washerwoman. Little washerwoman, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Spent a day with her. I spent a day with her in her little, comfortable, modest home. She did that for more than 80 years. Took in the wash of everybody in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. She would charge a nickel for, you know, a shirt, maybe a dime for sheets, maybe a nickel for a little girl's dress, pillowcases, another dime or whatever. And every week she would make her daily deposits in the bank. She did that for more than 80 years. Everybody laughed at little old Osceola McCarty. And they asked her, girl, what you doing washing those people's clothes? You do something, blah, blah, blah. You do you. Well, after nearly 80 years of work, she gets a phone call from her banker. And the banker says, Ms. McCarty, as a senior level vice president at this bank, I am obligated to ask you the following question. But before I ask you the question, it's no secret. You are getting up in years, and the question begs asking, what do you want done with your resources and the untimely nature of your death? And there was a pause on the phone. And this vice president at this bank, you know, he could sense that Osceola McCarty didn't even know how much money she had saved in more than 80 years. He said, Ms. McCarty, do you have any idea how much money you saved? And she said, no, tell me. And he says, more than a quarter of a million dollars. And there's another pause on the phone, and he sensed, 
She didn't even know the value of a quarter of a million dollars. He said, I'll tell you what, Ms. McCarty, end the conversation, end the conversation. Do me a big favor. Come by my office next week, and we can take this conversation a little further. But if you would just think about what you want done with your resources. Following week comes around, Austin McCarty goes to the bank, goes into that banker's office, and that banker says, Ms. McCarty, I got 10 dimes on my desk. When I point to a dime, that's going to symbolize one-tenth of your savings. And you tell me what you want done with your resources. He points to the first dime. And she says, I know exactly what I want you to do. I want you to give that portion to my church. I love my church members, and I love my pastors. He points to the next two dimes. She says, well, I never had children of my own. I've never been married, but I do have two nephews, and I, I, I want them to lead a comfortable life, give them that portion of my resources. And then the banker says, well, what about the other seven dimes? She says, I know exactly what I want you to do with that money. She says, I want you to send that money to the school in town. He said, what school? You mean the University of Southern Mississippi, the school she was barred from attending because of her race? She said, yes, sir. The following week, the bulk of her savings goes over to the development office of the University of Southern Mississippi with a handwritten note by Osceola McCarty that says, please give my money to worthy and deserving African-American students who still possess the ability to dream. Who still possess the ability to dream. When word got around that this washerwoman gave every dime that came by her hand away, people started matching her financial gift. Ted Turner, the founder of TBS and CNN News, he called a press conference to announce, if she can give away all that money, I can at least give away a billion. She didn't get a letter. She got a phone call from President Bill Clinton at the time begging her to come up to Washington, D.C. to bestow on her the highest honor he could give to a private citizen, scared to death of flying. She took the train from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, all the way up to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Never spent a night in a hotel room in her life. When she got to D.C., the first time in her life, she spent a night in a hotel room. Before she checks out the next morning, she made up the bed before she left. The press club. They got a luncheon for her in honor. Philan you know, a journalist runs up to her and says, Ms. McCarty, how does it feel being a philanthropist? She says, what is that? Well, she goes back to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and they're writing a feature article on their role model. And the journalist says, Ms. McCarty, you have enabled the dreams of so many. Do you have a dream? And she says, yes, I have a dream, but I don't know if the Lord gonna let me see it. He says, please, tell us so I can share it with our readers. She says, well... I just hope the Lord let me live long enough where I could see the first, you know, first student, you know, walk across the stage and get his or her degree with my money. Less than four months later, Osceola McCarty sits in the front row. Commencement, University of Southern Mississippi, and watches little Stephanie Bullock. That picture is in my study. The development office at the University of Southern Mississippi sent me that picture. Stephanie Bullock, Jazz, Danielle, she was a business major. She was an honor student. Comes from a little small town in Mississippi, town so small, doesn't even appear on most state maps. Less than 90 days later, Osceola McCarty makes her transition. 
journalist who was writing that article tracks little Stephanie Bullock down and says, you know, your benefactor has died. You know, she's gone on, she's died. Any comment you want to make? Anything you want to share with our readers? And she says, yes, I do have a comment. Please, what is it? She said, heaven couldn't have gained a better angel. Heaven couldn't gain a better angel. Now, what in the world does this have to do with you? What was her life about? Her life was about service. Her life was about service. If you never see that formula again, please take good notes. Q plus Q plus MA equals C. The quality of your service plus the quantity of your service plus the mental attitude in which it is rendered always equals compensation. Everybody has a customer. If you're a doctor, your customer is just patient. If you're a parent, your customer is your child. If you're a teacher, mwah, my customer are my students. And we all got the same task. Deliver better service, faster service, be more productive and more efficient. Be more productive and more efficient. A happy customer tells five of his friends. A dissatisfied customer tells 15 of his friends. Look, damn it, if you are met with a customer complaint, the worst thing in the world you can do is let that customer walk out that door. Why? It takes 19 times the money, the capital, the effort, the resources, to win a customer's favor in the future as it is to keep an existing customer. And under no circumstances, no circumstances, let the nice customer ruin your business. Dr. Kimber, what in the world are you talking about? See, the nice customer will sit at the table, wait for his order to be taken while the waiter is on the phone talking to his buddies. The nice customer will sit at the table and drink the red wine when she specifically asked for white. The nice customer will sit there, eat the well-done steak when she requested rare. Nice customer will do that, but the nice customer never comes back. The nice customer never comes back. Listen to me, entrepreneurs. Listen to me, sales executives. Don't come up to me when you get the order. No, you come up to me when you get the reorder. And if you don't get the order, I need to know why you didn't get the order. Service, see, and that's going back to Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell, go get Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point. Go get that book, all 330 pages, take it into that chemistry class and assay it down to its finest components. And what are the finest components? To the tipping point. Again, people don't care about you until they realize how much you care about them. That was Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. He does not have a website, but I recommend you follow him on Instagram. Also pick up his book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Very, very, very fantastic book. I know you're going to enjoy that one. Also, you can find today's talk on the YouTube. It is called Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, Putting It All Together, Success and Greatness, Empower Series, SM. You. All right, we're going to kick off a two-parter tomorrow with Darren Hardy about investing in your personal development, also his plan for developing valuable skills. I'm out. I'll see you next time. Peace.